0: Heralds of Hope, Part Two, a reflection by Lourdes Pinto on how to grow in hope and overcome despair. The teaching was given on April 28, 2022, to the Love Crucified community. I consecrate this teaching to the most holy trinity through the immaculate heart of mary and i pray that through the grace of god and our simple fiat to be god's victim souls he will give us the abundance of grace to live our lives more and more anchored in perfect faith perfect hope, and perfect love for the glory of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and the salvation and conversion of countless souls. Amen. I'm going to to begin again today. This is a second part of Heralds of Hope. And from last week, we know that hope implies desire, seeking, pursuing, and effort. Hope involves both an act of our will and God's grace. In March 1st, 2011, the Lord said and taught, Love Crucified, he said, The love of God will stretch your love beyond your physical capacities. The expansion of the tent of your hearts is a most painful process. You have to choose to love those most difficult to love. You must always choose love, patience, and tenderness. And never give in to anger and resentment. So that's a perfect example of how God has taught us of how in order to hope, We have to give a lot of our effort and it is impossible without the grace of God, but we have to choose. That means out of our own will, we will have to fight and struggle against our own disordered tendencies, our emotions of anger, frustration, resentment, and on and on, in order to choose to live only in God's will. Another example of how hope involves both the act of the will and the grace of God. On January 6, 2014, the Lord said, You no longer do what you want to do, nor go where you want to go. But now you only go where I take you. You choose to live each day according to what is most difficult, not what is easiest. That will require a great discipline of your will. This is a complete dying to move in your will. So as you see. The gift of God's. Simple path to union with him. Is the gift. Of transforming us and forming our hearts to expand in perfect faith, hope, and love. Therefore, we must choose to hope an act of our will when we do not necessarily feel hopeful. Feelings, as we will learn soon in this year's retreat of the second nail of crucifixion, are fickle and fleeting, But hope as a virtue must be tried and refined through times of prosperity, spiritual or emotional aridity, or intense hardships. Hope is the grace that allows us to see ourselves as we are. While facing the God of mercy who heals us. Now think about that, my family. Hope is the grace that allows us to see ourselves as we are. The beginning of the path, the Lord begins to reveal to each of us and through the entire path who we truly are until each and every person discovers that we are absolutely nothing that we are misery and that god is so good god is so merciful la god is so amazing and we begin more and more to live in our nothingness, consumed in his awe, in his everything. That is hope. Faith is the foundation upon which hope and charity are built. And I understood why the Lord first has spoken to us so much about faith. And we have had so many teachings in this community about faith because it's the foundation. And now the Lord is focusing us on hope. And this is, I feel, an opening As he prepares us to enter this year's retreat. Entering the second nail of crucifixion. And finally, as we learned last week. Hope is the opposite of despair. So I'm going to focus for a few minutes on despair. The Catechism of the Catholic Church, number 2091 says the first commandment is also concerned with sins against hope, namely despair and presumption. The catechism says by despair, man ceases to hope for his personal salvation from God for help in attaining it or for the forgiveness of his sins. Despair is contrary to God's goodness, to his justice. For the Lord is faithful to his promises and to his mercy. We all, I think in this community, hope. In the promise of the gospel. The promise of Jesus Christ to each of us eternal life. In heaven. And because. God is a God. That continues to be as he's taught us active in our lives. Part of our lives. In our lives. Guiding us. Forming us putting on our armor, purifying us. Our Lord from the beginning, as he has spoken to us, has also made beautiful promises. And to grow in hope, we also, as the Love Crucified community, have to remember and embrace and anticipate The promises he has made us that could be one whole teaching to just review promises, but I'll give you two of the the, from 2022 that he said January 4th of this year. The Lord said, I promise you my few faithful victim souls that my triumph is at hand. And then in March 1st of this year, he said, I promise you, if you remain attentive in prayer, obedient to my voice guiding you, and the few little souls also listening to my voice, you will remain faithful. When the tribulation knocks at your door, your faith and hope will be anchored in my love crucified. It's beautiful because today's gospel and first reading had to do with obedience. And the Lord has been speaking to this community and to the church through us. And he asks us to be obedient. And the promise is that we will remain faithful. That's a beautiful promise. I'm, I'm here in the box next to me is Maku, and I And I can't hold myself back from smiling with the joy of the hope I witnessed in her life. And in her husband that's deceased. Jose's life. When the tribulation of cancer. Knocked on their door. And that difficult time. Maku And Jose lived. Anchored. In faith. Hope. And love. So it's not. Just a tribulation of these times that the Lord is preparing for us. We, all of us, have tribulations in our life that knock at the door, that surprise us. And we have to be anchored in faith and hope to be witnesses. I read an article that really had an impact on me from the Catholic News Agency and this article opened my understanding to despair in a way that i didn't understand despair so i'd like to to share with you some of the things i learned first it stated the primary threat to hope is despair despair is not simply a feeling of gloominess or depression. Rather, it is the refusal to strive after God, the refusal to make heaven our primary goal to work for. It stated, the causes of despair can be narrowed down in two categories. And I thought this was very interesting. The first is excessive self-focus. We concentrate on our own strengths and our own weaknesses. And we realize that our own power isn't sufficient for salvation. And so we give up on holiness and happiness. We figure we won't be able to make it. We think, I'm too weak. I'm too sinful. Why bother trying anymore? The second cause of despair, the second reason we despair is attachment to sin. Oftentimes, we really don't want to pursue God. Because we know it's going to mean giving up certain sins to which we've grown accustomed. So we choose the evil habits we're used to over the promise of eternal joy. As, as I pondered these two causes Of despair, I really thought about the years that I and others in this community have been accompanying souls that are very attached to the sin of pornography. And for so long, it was and continues to be a profound suffering in my heart. Because I couldn't understand, mainly the the men throughout the years I have spoken to, and from different walks of life, how these good men, supposedly striving for holiness, could continue over and over again with the sin that is so deadly. That does such horrible harm to them, but to society, to their families, to their marriages, and to their priestly vocations. How? And I, and I saw that there seemed to be a lack in some of them of a desire to fight with all they had. Against this sin, they there was a lack of fighting spirit, a lack of "I rather die than fall in this again." Help me, you know, a lack of mortification of of sacrifice. And I realized when I was reading this article, this is the answer. They were so attached to that sin, they didn't want, their will didn't want to let go of it. So they weren't willing to sacrifice what they had to sacrifice. God's grace is there for them, but their will was not there. They weren't willing to fight with all they've got against this sin. The article continues to speak about despair and how it manifests itself in various ways. First, one of the most common symptoms of despair is sloth, classically called aseria, Aseria describes the condition of a person who resents the greatness to which he has been called because he knows it's so different. It is the suppression of magnanimity by laziness. Last week, I spoke to you about the virtue under hope. Magnanimity. And it's the striving for greatness. That's us, the striving to be saints, the striving for union with God. Sloth is the opposite. For example, it's, I don't want to be great. To be a saint. To be a child of God. To be a hero of the faith. A green beret. (laughs) Do you realize what a hassle that is and how many sacrifices it takes? No, thanks. I'm happy just drifting by. And so many souls live just drifting by. So many souls just live on the surface. It's so sad. The second way that despair manifests itself is distraction. A vast portion of the society settles for mediocre pleasures, mediocre achievements, mediocre loves. And yet, In the back of their minds, they know they should be pursuing higher things. So they turn to distraction in order to forget about those higher things. That's our society. We know we ought to spend our time on more noble aspirations But we really don't want to talk about it, and we don't want to think about it. So we look for anything that can distract us. Anything that can drown out the guilt. Maybe that's why there's so little silence today. iPods, stereos, TVs, cell phones are there to occupy our minds with passing images of sight and sound. And yet people are bored and sick with worry because they know there are pressing demands on our lives and they are ignoring them. The third manifestation of despair is presumption. Presumption is a kind of hopelessness that is not often discussed. This is the vice of thinking that one is guaranteed to get to heaven. I'm as good as saved already. This, of course, inhibits the striving after God in heaven and greatness. If you're already guaranteed, why should you bother trying? Many people, this article continued to to say, suffer from presumption either because they are too confident in their own powers or they are confident that God will just make everything all right in the end. This latter error has become increasingly widespread today. It is assumed that a good deity will welcome everyone into heaven and that hell does not exist. So that's something for us to really understand despair. Why? Because our Lord has in quite a few messages spoken to us that many, many people will despair during the time of tribulation and that many people will even despair when God grants the world the grace of the illumination. And it was interesting to me to understand that the sin which is a capital sin of sloth acedia presumption can bring us and opens the doors for satan to draw souls into despair to just give up to lack to lose all hope and this brought me to ponder lukewarm souls in Revelation chapter 3 verse 15 and 16 God speaks some powerful words he says I know your works I know that you are neither cold nor hot I wish you were either cold or hot so, because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. Pope St. Pius said about lukewarmness all the evils of the world are due to lukewarm Catholics. And recently, In December 30th of 2021, the Lord approached me interiorly with tears in his eyes. And he said to me, the final confrontation between the principalities of darkness and his followers is at hand. He explained that most souls are lukewarm. And that these souls are the power of Satan because lukewarm souls live centered in themselves and in the things of the world. Then he said, because of this pitiful condition, all of humanity will suffer intensely for a certain amount of time. You live among the lukewarm. Suffer with me for the awakening of souls. I asked Jesus about the illumination. Won't this grace bring forth the conversion? The Lord explained that many souls would not respond. Meaning to the illumination. That is why he needs victim souls. He is asking me and all victim souls to suffer for the lukewarm. On May 26, 2012, the Lord also mentioned lukewarm souls. He said, the hour of my mercy is coming to attend and the hour of justice is upon you. All will be called to choose. Your faith will be tested. You will not be able to remain lukewarm any longer. You will be with me or against me. Which means when the grace of the illumination comes, nobody, nobody will be able to remain lukewarm anymore. At that moment, every soul will have to choose. That's what the Lord is saying. My family, we have a responsibility to fight in our own lives against all types of lukewarmness that we can fall into. And we have to fight as victim souls for the awakening of so many lukewarm souls we all know. And it was interesting that on the ninth day of the divine mercy novena, the Lord ends the novena with lukewarm souls, powerful words from Jesus. He says, today, bring to me souls who have become lukewarm and immerse them in the abyss of my mercy these souls wound my heart most painfully my soul suffered the most dreadful loathing in the garden of olives because of lukewarm souls they were the reason i cried out father take this cup away from me if it be your will for them the last hope of salvation is to run to my mercy the catechism of the catholic church number 2094 speaks of lukewarmness it says lukewarmness is hesitation or negligence in responding to divine love it can imply refusal to give oneself over to the prompting of charity God created us for himself, to be one with him, God Trinity. This is love. When we have divine promptings calling us to love but fail to respond, that is lukewarmness. I read an article entitled, What does it mean to be a, a, a lukewarm Catholic? By Stephanie Foley. She gave, I thought, a beautiful example. She writes, another way we can kind of develop this is really picturing this idea of a mountain. So we picture God on top of the mountain saying, hey, come up here and be with me. And we want to be with God. But yet, we see that the mountain is pretty high. It's going to be cold up there. It's going to be a rough trip. And so we hear God calling, this prompting of love, calling me to go higher and to reach God. But I don't feel like taking on this journey. I don't feel like paying the price to climb higher. Look at how feelings are involved in this. She writes, we get a little lazy or we don't really want to pay the price that love demands. Drawing closer to God is not easy. It calls forth a certain sacrificial element. So lukewarmness just lacks that corresponding fire of love. To respond to God's fire of love, calling us to himself. Lukewarm souls, my family, as you know, can be good Catholics. They go to mass every Sunday. Even frequent confession. Yet they live the faith as a checklist. Checklist they lack the desire for love and to strive the effort again the will for intimacy with god they can be the couch potatoes their hearts lack vitality zeal and enthusiasm of love it's as if they become Like stagnant water, which becomes contaminated and dries up. These souls lack the flowing stream of God's infinite graces and life-giving love for lack of responding to God's impulses of love. Father Jordi recently, when he was in Miami, said something that really touched my heart and remained with me. He said, I never hear anybody confess lukewarmness. I thought those were the same words that Father Cantalamesa said about hypocrisy. It's very seldom that souls confess hypocrisy. Because nobody really thinks we are lukewarm or hypocrites. Therefore, I had to ask the question. Can we in love crucified? Those of us that have given our responded to the Lord's call, can we be lukewarm? And I thought, yes, we can, because we can give up halfway up the mountain. And that's kind of easy to do, (laughs) to say, gosh, I went into my wounds, I've dealt with this. But you know, those three nails of crucifixion, I'm a little tired, (laughs) I really, you know, all of this of my desires, my expectations, my attachments, poverty. This is a whole lot of work. And we can just kind of sit halfway up the mountain and say it feels comfortable. I'm close enough. (laughs) And we've become lukewarm. The Lord needs us to reach the summit. The height. Union, nothing less than that is good enough. And hope, hope is what brings us up there, founded on our faith. We too, my community, need to fight against sloth, distractions, and presumption. Let's take that to our examination of conscience. Let's ask the Holy Spirit Have I gotten lazy in my commitment? Have I gotten lazy in the promise of my alliance, of my covenant that I made as a mother and missionary of the cross? Our missionaries of the cross are. Are God's green Berets, and boy, the green berets are are the toughest of the toughest; they're the ones that have the greatest training, the most difficult training. My green berets, are you living your vocation, your calling with the greatest faith and hope, with the greatest effort of your own will, mothers of the cross? Or have we become a little lazy? We need to look at that. The Lord in May 2016 said, we are making all things new through my blood and the blood of my victim souls. My little one, believe that the union of love in suffering with God produces 100 fold. That's our faith. When we have that belief, that faith in the power of Jesus's death and we suffer all with him and we believe that that suffering is producing a hundredfold, then we can live any suffering with joy and peace Because we have faith and hope. The Lord goes on in that message and says, trust in your beloved spouse, who is making you a new creation in God and for God. This path, meaning our book, The Simple Path to Union with God, is my light in the darkness, hope in despair. It is my formation manual for my saints of these times. You, meaning love crucified, have been entrusted with this treasure from God. What a responsibility. We cannot be entrusted with a gift from God for the church. And in any way, allow sloth or despair in our hearts or lukewarmness. So how is the path? hope in despair. I spent my meditation this morning pondering that one line. And this is what I came up with. The path, meaning the simple path to union with God, constructs a new creation, new men and women. It pierces the darkness in us, thus transforming us into God's light. Despair is rooted in self love, self will, pride, and obstinacy. Hope is rooted in humility, knowing our misery and nothingness, and relying entirely on God's mercy and goodness. A cause of despair is self-focus, as we learn tonight. The work of the Holy Spirit through the path is to bring us out of ourselves into Christ, to suffer with him and to focus on him, not on ourselves. Despair is rooted in fear. Hope is rooted in trust. The path moves us out of fear into trust. Believe, my sons and daughters believe. The path moves us out of self into living consumed in the sacred heart of Christ. Living the path fills us with the life of christ manifested in peace and joy the fruit of faith and hope peace and joy especially amid darkness and tribulations radiate the light of divine love therefore isaiah 40:31 says it's so beautiful They that hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar as with eagle's wings. They will run and not grow weary. Walk and not grow faint. Faith is the wings of the Holy Spirit that bring us to the finish line. And I end with a reminder of our who we are the virtue again of magnanimity the lord said to us september 11th 2019 he told us what a victim soul is so he's explaining to us who we are he said i jesus christ am a victim of pure love i am your victim in order to receive your brokenness, sinfulness, and all your misery. If I had not received all your misery, you would be in a state of total darkness and with no hope of heaven, of the bliss of living in God. For you to be a victim means you have chosen to follow me in my footsteps. You as victim have chosen the greater path because only as my victim can you become one with me. No longer two, but one. This is my kingdom on earth because it is the purest essence essence of love that can be lived on earth. Let us end this Cynical tonight thanking God. Thanking God for the grace of the virtue of magnanimity, of hope, of desiring and choosing all through his grace, the greatest call of victim soul. And we said yes. So now, through the virtue of faith and hope, let us allow the Holy Spirit and let us help each other reach the goal. Amen. For more information on the path to union with God, please visit the Love Crucified community website at www.lovecrucified.com. God God bless you.